0: Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson. We are here again this week to talk all things Iowa State football, which unfortunately for the Cyclones, continues to encompass the, the Division of Criminal Investigations probe into gambling. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, late last week in the podcast-only edition of this show, but four more Iowa State football players have been charged with tampering with records, including Isaiah Lee, Jarell Brock, Deshaun Hanneke, and Jake Remsburg. We got news today, Monday morning, that Isaiah Lee, who was accused of betting against Iowa State in a money line bet against in the Texas game in 2021, has left the program. Uh, Randy, I don't think anyone was like is expecting most of these players, ex- with maybe the exception of Jake Remsburg, to ever suit up again for Iowa State. Giving Remsburg did not bet on Iowa State athletics, um, football or otherwise, uh, but still. Officially now, Isaiah Lee off the team. And I think there's lots to talk about. I think we, we dug into the gambling probe and it's the intricacies that we know of right now. I don't think there's probably a lot to add to that. I think there is still a lot to talk about and how this affects the on-field product for Iowa State. And Lee leaving the program kind of highlights the the depth issues that this is going to create. I think we can talk about the defensive line, but I think we got to start we've talked so much about the quarterback probably got to start at the running back position with Jirel Brock last year's leading rusher uh, as part of this probe. Again, I think everyone is expecting these players that are facing permanent NCAA ineligibility for being accused of either betting on their own games or on games involving their schools in other sports uh, like Hanukkah is accused of betting on Iowa State basketball uh, that these guys, it's hard to see them playing again. So let's look at that running back room starts with Cartavious Norton, but I think there's other guys that you could potentially see on the field September 2nd or thereafter. Give me your thoughts on what that Iowa State running back room can do even without Jairal Brock.
1: I'm going to say right now that Iowa State's running game will be improved over last year, assuming assuming now these players stay healthy. Last year, 106.0 yards a game was the worst in – I can't remember. I looked it up once, and I can't remember what it is, what it was, but it's the worst in a, uh, 20 years at least. Um, and, yes, that was with a um, a not very good offensive line. And I'm assuming that offensive line is not going to get any worse either. So given all that, if Car- Cartavius Norton stays healthy, if Eli Sanders can stay healthy – if the the Arlen Harris, AJ Harris, um, the Stanford transfer, if they can stay healthy, then I'm going to say I, I'm not. Then addition by subtraction. I mean, I'm I'm sorry to say that with you know with Jarell's situation, but but you know, like all the guys, Jarell knew the rules too. Um, so I don't think I don't think it's going to be a huge hit. I I I really don't, and the, just the the little bit that trickled out about last weekend's uh, weekend scrimmage was that Campbell was was very pleased with um, the true freshman Abu Sama, the kid from Southeast Polk, and and Carson Hansen out of out of Lakeville, Minnesota. Um, Shout so, out to the
0: South Suburbs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And a shout out to Southeast Polk. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but anyway, and the the, the teaching staff at Southeast Polk. Um, but anyway, yeah, if Cartavia stays healthy, I think it's I think the the flashes we saw of him last year, I think was enough to make people say, wow. And maybe that was because there were no wow moments or in the, in the running back from the running backs so they were looking for anything but but if Cartavius is healthy if eli sanders is healthy I, i'm gonna say right now that this running back room is better the Well, it, right now it is better than last year's running back room and if they can stay healthy it'll show up on on paper as better as well
0: yeah i think i mean I don't know. I don't know that I would go as far as addition by subtraction, but I would certainly say I think the running back room is the best equipped to handle what's going on to lose a a returning starter, because I think as we watched last year, we kept waiting, you know, really for Cartavius Norton to emerge as the guy, and the injuries just did not allow that to happen. But I think the big problem, and I think Campbell has addressed this publicly. You know, you're essentially down to your third string running back at times last year when gyrel broke his foot and had dealt with other injuries Cartavius norton is out that that running back room just got real thin and i think you look at it now where you take gyrel out and then even you know if Cartavius norton you know god forbid does continue to have injury issues i still think that room while unproven still has the depth and maybe more promise than last year's did once you got down to that third spot where aj harris they like i think it's interesting how much they're talking up the two freshmen. Honestly, I think that they have been impressed with both of those guys early on, and Eli Sanders has legitimate Big 12 experience. So I do think that that room is well-situated to absorb what's going on because, like, number one, to your point, Randy, Cartavious Norton is is expected to be the guy, and we think he has the talent and the physical tools to potentially be special and c- carry on that Uh, you know, high standard that Iowa State running backs have had, you know, under Campbell and then even going back to Campbell's time at Toledo. So I do think that that room should be fine. Now, obviously, that room is also contingent on, on the offensive line, which has underperformed for years and now just lost its starting right tackle from a year ago. I mean, I think that with the line with the Ryan Clanton taking over as offensive line coach with Nate Shieldhouse taking over as offensive coordinator, I don't know that we had a great idea of what that offensive line was going to look like anyway, but it's hard to believe that Remsburg wouldn't be a big part of it uh, absent this gambling probe. So I, the offensive line to transition a little bit here, because I think we are in agreement that the, the running back room should be OK, but it's going to be contingent on what that offensive line can do. And, and can that group finally stop being the one that everyone looks to as you know potentially holding that offense back?
1: Yeah. And I can't, I can't imagine the, like I said earlier, I cannot imagine the offensive line is going to be any less productive, whatever the word is, than um, it, it was, than it was last year. I, I, I really can't. It's, um, I mean, we, we we've talked to Jared Hufford a couple of times. We talked to him in the spring and we talked to him last week, two weeks ago, whenever it was. Um, and he's, he's, 6'5, 325 pounder. Daryl Simmons is back, 6'3, three, 320. Um, uh, Tyler Miller, we've heard raves about him. Um, and he 6'9, 330. Oh my gosh. Grant Treiber played a lot last year when because Rimsburg got hurt. So I'm not I'm I, 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 I Brady Peterson, we've heard a lot about him. Um, I'm not I'm not saying this offensive line is going to be any worse than it was. And plus now, with Ryan Clanton as, as you mentioned, being in there to coach them, yes, where it's he's taking over new players, a new program initiating his his fundamentals into a, a an offensive line. That have that had a I don't know these offensive linemen with um, um, Tom Manning. I don't know. I I guess I I'm, I don't know for sure. But uh, but at least they've they've undergone. This is at least their second offensive lineman or offensive coach line coach that they've had. So I guess what what I'm what I'm poorly trying to say is that I do not see of one player i don't i don't now he was like you said he was he was going to be relied on but and and who knows how many games if he sits out if any games it could be two games and he, he could play because of the um allegations his um um his was the least serious i believe so i don't this offense in mine, in my estimation, just like the, the running backs, it won't be any worse than it was last year.
0: Let's talk tight ends with Deshaun Hanneke. Among those charged last week, he was accused of betting on Iowa State basketball games, not football games, basketball games. But betting on your school also subjects you to permanent ineligibility. What? that tight end room now looks a little thin. I think you could feel pretty good about it with Hanukkah, who really came on late in the season last year and Easton Dean, who I think the staff has felt if he could stay healthy, get healthy, could really be the weapon that he was envisioned to be when he was recruited as a, a, a highly touted prospect. Now it's Dean who again has played quite a bit that hasn't done a whole lot in terms of, you know, what we have seen from the tight end position at Iowa State and some guys that have played special teams have been the third tight end with, you know, Steve O'Klotz. But that that room now certainly looks a lot less proven than it did a week and a half ago.
1: Well, that's what, that's exactly, and that shows how thin this the the tight end room is when we're talking how one player out of that mix can make a difference. Yes, and that that is accurate. Deshaun Annika played well the he his best excuse me he played well the last the last couple of games but but Travis we've we heard when Easton Dean transitioned from quarterback to tight end and we've we've both talked about this a lot but we've we heard how he could be the best tight end in I in recent Iowa state memory. It's if that in fact is the case then it's this he's running out of time he's a registered senior so we've also been hearing a lot about Tyler Moore a sophomore from Johnston he's he's been playing well from what I understand and like you you mentioned Steve how many and maybe it's just because his first name is Steve but (laughs) and it sticks out but how many times have you ever
0: underestimate that (laughs)
1: Exactly. <laughs> how many times have we, if your have we heard? Matt are Campbell mentioned steve plots. Yeah. I'm sorry. My gosh. Um, a lot. Which is, which is good. I mean, it's it's. So, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. This the 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 tight end room might skip a beat early, but we'll see. We'll see how that how that works out. I mean, obviously, I don't think they'll be playing three tights like they you know going back to the heyday of 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 a couple of years ago I I doubt that'll happen but it um they'll find it they'll find ways to get it done and we'll just see how much the the tight ends are are in the passing game anyway I' you know depending on on the, the situation we'll see what what um Nate Shihouse the new coordinator has in mind also I mean the tight ends may be more involved in 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 blocking than, than, than normal. If, if they, if the quarterback is rolling out, if it's um, if the, the quarterback, whoever that is, is any kind of is the same kind of quarterback that Nate was when he was in at Illinois. So yeah. Okay. The, the tight end, the tight end position is going to skip a beat at least early in the season. And then um, and it could be throughout and heaven forbid if that position has, has injuries.
0: Yeah, and finally is the defensive line which loses Isaiah Lee who started all 12 games last year and was really a, a solid interior defensive lineman uh, which is a really critical position in Iowa State's defense. I mean, you go back to any Uwasarike who, you know, also was charged uh, with this and is serving an indefinite NFL suspension for betting on Broncos games, but you go back to any, you go back to Ray Lima, like that position has been pretty darn good. Under Eli Rashid, which you can look at two different ways, I guess. Like one, this is really concerning because you just lost your most experienced player there. Or two, maybe you can look at the excellence of that position and say Iowa State is probably going to be able to get somebody, whether it's Jr. Singleton or Dominique Orange or you know a number of other guys, to emerge as the next impact player at that position. But I think the bigger issue here, Randy, is when you leave, lose Lee and you lose your two edge rushers from a year ago in Will McDonald and MJ Anderson. It's just that that defensive line is just going to be inexperienced and it's going to be unproven. Now, Again, that doesn't mean that it's going to be ineffective because I think if you're going to look at the success Iowa State has had, you're going to look at John Heacock and you're going to look at Eli Rashid as being instrumental in that and consistently turning player, you know, when one group of players leave, those, those guys have not skipped a beat. So I, I tend to think that they'll probably be okay, but this is probably the, the, the toughest spot that they've been in up front in quite some time.
1: I agree. I agree hundred percent. And I'm glad you mentioned Eli Rashid because I don't want to say he's, May be under uh, the most unappreciated coach on the defense because I think I guarantee you that anybody who who deals with Iowa who is associated with Iowa State football appreciates the heck out of Coach Rashid um, and knows exactly his contribution to the program and 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 what he does uh, and his relationship with with the players. But I'm not I'm not certain the fans know how good this guy is. I mean Eli Rashid is is. I, he's just another piece. Of, he's another piece of the a very good piece of a defensive staff that John Haycock has has put together. So I've I've you know I put faith in those guys. Um, it, it's talking talking personnel wise. We've heard a lot about Dominic Orange, for example. Um, we've heard a lot about I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up his last name. Um, Tony I, I, need him. I can't I I don't know how to say that um the kid from t- the 295 pounder from from Texas we've heard a lot about him um so and joey peterson like you mentioned although he's he's a defensive end um those guys i I'm, I'm not all that concerned about th- about the the loss of of isaiah lee because i think they i think they'll they'll fill that gap in the middle it's the defensive ends that that I would be more concerned about. Um, because like you like you said, uh Will McDonald's gone. Um, um help me here. The Minnesota AJ Anderson, Anderson is gone. Yeah, MJ Anderson, AJ. MJ Anderson is gone. So that's the defensive end is is the the spot on the defensive line. That that I would be most most concerned with, and and uh, um, you know, it's it's something we'll see how that goes going forward. Because right from the start, right from the get go, Iowa State's going to be facing um, a Northern Iowa quarterback who will be one should be one of the top quarterbacks the Cyclones will face all year. So <clears throat> excuse me. So they're going to be on the toes. Right away, So I would be more concerned about the defensive ends, losing those, those two players to the NFL than losing Isaiah Lee to whatever you want, than him dropping or being off the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the entire thing underscores just what a challenge this is going to be for that locker room and for that coaching staff to just absorb it's five starters from last year's team including your starting backfield and really critical uh, positions for what Iowa State has historically wanted to do on both sides of the ball. And that's, again, it's not insurmountable. You know, there's, you know, 80 other guys on scholarship on the roster and it just, uh, there are going to be opportunities and there are going to be players that are going to have the chance to step up into bigger roles sooner than, you know, anyone would have otherwise expected. But it's just a lot it's just a lot to absorb it's a lot to absorb after spring too i mean even if the iowa state coaching staff which i think we presume to have known about most of these names if not all of them being involved to one degree or another in may they've had the chance to reconfigure and their thinking and their planning but you know the first time these players have hit the field is in august you know they didn't have spring and when we watch the spring game back in april or whenever it was hunter deckers was a qb1 jirel brock was running back one um so it's just again like they're just going to have to do this maybe not on the fly but certainly not in a way that would have otherwise have happened if these were you know natural losses to graduation or the nfl so it's just a lot for one team to absorb and one team by the way that was four and eight last year you know this is this was already going to be an uphill climb for iowa state to win those close games that they lost last year to get back to bowl eligibility. And now the, the task is just that much harder. And I imagine Iowa state will emerge from fall camp with a larger chip on their shoulder as a team, potentially with the opportunity to maybe be a little bit more tight knit in terms of you often see teams that are dealing with adversity become closer, but we will see it on that's not guaranteed either. So there's just a lot of uncertainty from a situation that is, you know, without much parallel in either in Iowa state history and really in across college sports with legalized sports gambling, really only uh, happening in most places in the last five years. So again, lots to figure out for this Iowa state football team, just a couple of weeks. Before the season starts, let's take a break, Randy. When we come back on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO, we'll talk a little bit more Iowa State football and what's next for special teams in Matt Campbell's eighth year at Iowa State. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 And 1460 KXNO, he's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. If you missed us talking in the first segment about the impact of the likely absence of the five starters from last year's team that have been charged in the state's gambling probe, be sure to check out our podcast wherever it is you listen to your podcast. Going to shift gears a little bit here and talk Iowa State special teams. Uh, We got the chance to speak with Iowa State special teams coordinator Jordan Langs, who comes from India, Anna Wesleyan, for his first year on the Cyclone staff last week, about special teams, about the kicking game. And that's where I want to start, Randy, is the kicking game. Obviously, quite the mess for Iowa State last year with Jace Gilbert as a true freshman being inconsistent with some injuries uh, along the way for other place kickers that I think made the whole thing a little bit more muddled. Um, Campbell said on Wednesday when we spoke to him that, Gilbert Chase Contreras and Keegan Shackford are all engaged in competition to be Iowa State's field goal kicker I don't know that I have a ton of insight on the situation uh other than Iowa State's got to get that figured out I mean you can't play close games and uh convert 54 percent of your field goals and I don't think I'm proving myself as much of a uh football genius by saying you got to make field goals in close games but certainly that's the reality for an iowa state team that wants to to play that is content to play in a number of close games and lost a lot of them last year
1: would campbell throw out that 17 percent figure that was uh, that was awesome when he did that a couple weeks ago but anyway um yeah and and i and i i have no reason to suspect that jace gilbert won't be better than he was last year. Again, that's not a high bar and that's nothing against Jace Gilbert. I take, I take Campbell, Campbell admitted that maybe they put a little too much on that kid's plate a true, a true true freshman coming in and all of a sudden, boom, kicking. I mean, being placed in these huge positions and let's not forget that he was also, um, I think kicking off at times he was, I think he might even punt it a couple of times. um, he was he was doing a lot, and that's a ton for a for a two freshman in a in power five <clears throat> excuse me football games in situations where the game is on the line. And we we're also heard like you said there's there's competition this year with, with um, Keegan Shackford, and we've heard about him for a long time. It seems like, although he's just a redshirt sophomore, but it seems like we've been hearing about him for a while. And Chase Contreras, who I quite frankly don't know a whole lot about, <clears throat> um, if anything. So at least there's at least there's competition um, in that room because Iowa State certainly. Um, if Iowa State's going to improve from four and eight last year, number one, they've got to be put themselves in a in a situation to be able to win the game at, at to win at the end of a game and number 2 they better be in a situation where they actually can win those games this time um and so i it's it's just a matter of of jace gilbert i i would feel i feel very confident that he's going to be the the primary um field goal kicker and we'll just see how much he learned um and absorbed from the adversity that he that he had last season. I, I'm, but he, I'm among some some bright spots also. Now I would have loved to have talked to Jace Gilbert at media day, but um, maybe we'll get a chance to talk to him before the season. I don't know, but um, um, yeah, and, and so this is this is another one of those situations where I cannot. I'm sounding like a broken record here, but I I cannot imagine it, this this to be a, a a position where it will be any
0: worse than it was last year. Well, and to zoom out, I think it's worth looking at what Langs is going to bring as a special teams coordinator. Obviously Iowa state has not had a special teams coordinator. Gosh, in what, five years, Randy's
1: An on-field special teams coordinator. Yeah. Yes. A guy get, that can actually get on the field and coach the guys. They had a special assistant last year, but he had, to work in the press box, and he couldn't be around the players during practice. So, yes, that's hats off to Coach Campbell for hiring Jordan Langs, um, to do that. I I agree with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously the the place kicking situation is the highest profile, but you know, issues abounded for Iowa State last year. Even going back to that 2020 season when they were nine and three, the special teams just has been an issue. And I think Langs, you know, was pretty articulate in talking about what he envisions for the Iowa State special teams group or what he hopes to see from that is to be an edge is to not, not only not be a negative, you know, I asked Campbell, you know, when we talked to him on Wednesday, like, can you just given all the issues and the impact that special teams have in those 17%, can you just accept mundane, neutral special teams? And I think he didn't answer it directly, but I think that they would take that, but Lang's wants it to be a plus. He wants it to be a positive to where he said, give that it is an edge, and I think that would be a welcome change for Iowa State footballs if they can consistently, you know, get and on the positive side of the ledger on special teams. Because again, look at all the things we talked about in the first segment. You know, missing five starters, go four and eight a year ago. You lose all those one score games where special teams has a chance to make an impact, and it went the other way. Time and again. So it's certainly a place where Iowa State can try to ring out a little bit more production in a season where it looks like they're going to need, you know, the help wherever they can get it, at least certainly early on as they try to absorb, uh, you know, losing five starters from last year's team, you know, here in August. Um, but that's all the time we got for this week. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO.